fullback. It's, it's all dirty work. I mean, there's no real glory, and he's not really getting the ball in carries. And you know, not I threw, I definitely throw it to him. Um, but being a lead blocker really sets the tone for uh, for the offense. It's a very valuable position, and uh, anyone that can create holes and that physical style toughness in the run game is really important for us. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Kyle driving his way in for the touchdown. What a Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 54 of the Fantasy Fullback Dive, brought to you by the good people at the Road Street Journal. I, of course, am Nat the Truth Jones. With me, as always, my target hog and workhorse of a co-host, the Wolf of Road Street himself. Wolf, how you doing? Uh, big waiver wire this week that we touched on last last podcast and, and in many, many articles on the Road Street Journal. I felt like after many weeks of just a barren waiver wire, this one was actually pretty fruitful. What did you think? I agree. The the fantasy gods, after all the punishment they've they've given us over the last few weeks, decided to give a nice fertile crops of uh, of players to choose from. So I was very excited about the Barbers and the Davises and the Goodwins and plenty of good good harvest this week. So hopefully you got in on that action. Did you uh, find anybody you liked? You know, I, I went in for four guys, which is more than I've ever gone in uh, all season. I didn't get mm-hmm. any of them. So I had to settle Jeez. for table scraps. And, uh, you know, I, I got a, a tight end uh, that, that I'm, I'm sure we'll bring up later. Uh, it was not my first choice. But the guy that I got uh, that I was pretty surprised to get, I want you to I want your honest opinion on this. I, mm-hmm. I picked up Aaron Jones, who was sitting at the top of the running back list untouched. Yep. Um, and I feel like I may have really scored here. Yeah, I think you absolutely did. I, I know that Rob Demovoski, I forget the exact guy's name. He's a beat writer, though, for Green Bay, one of the most respected guys. And he's been pretty adamant that this job is Jones's as soon as he's healthy and fully back. And last week, he was still getting kind of eased in and all that. But there's a real chance that by the time Aaron Rodgers is in that offense, uh, that this is Jones's backfield. I know that Williams has looked good, uh, and he's been racking up some yardage. Yet, when I say looked good, the final fantasy numbers have looked good. He hasn't looked great himself, though. So this really could be, a, at some point, a changing of the guard. Aaron Jones could definitely take over. I don't think he's a guy you can roll out comfortably this week no uh but but moving forward i think there's some really long-term value especially if this offense becomes again more pass centric once once aaron Rodgers is inserted back in the lineup i think aaron jones really has some great stash appeal right now one of my favorite guys to stash uh, by far so i think you got yourself a good little that's better than a table scrap for sure yeah i'm not planning on rolling him out this week but I, I feel like I really, really score big because if I can get through this week, I and mean, of course I have to absorb the Gronk suspension. I, as you know, my team is out of control because right. of my lack of locker room leadership. <laughs> um, you know, then I think I have a good shot. I, I'm playing a beatable guy in my league, so hopefully this will be good enough. Uh, he picked up Peyton Barber. I'm hoping that that will end up uh, muddling the works for him. I hope to Who see. Who square and off against? Johnny Goodtimes. Oh, the arch nemesis. The Johnny arch nemesis. Yeah, I hate him so much. So uh, uh, well, it's I like hope, when I, you, hope, I, I never root for you, but I'll, I'll root for you in this one. I hope you take down. Good, the it's old. like when you go against Mock. Okay, you know I understand. I, I pull for you hard in that one. Uh, and you have do you have Crabtree returning? Right, he's one of my I have, favorite. I have Crabtree and I have, I have Crabtree at Ho- and Hopkins at the receivers. Easily, um, and I have McCoy, who I, I one of my favorite running backs. Really. And I, I think you're in good shape. And man. I have Philip Rivers. If I, only you had Gronk too, this would have been a no-brainer. Yeah, no, I mean, I, my team is definitely better than this guy's team, but you know how it is in fantasy. I mean, anything could go wrong. So you, uh, have, you have some blow-up potential there, though. I think I think this could be blowout stuff. That would be fantastic. That would make me really, really happy. I have a little bit of a running back issue that I'm struggling with. Um, I got who would you start between uh, Bilal Powell, Legarrette Blunt? Yuck, I know. Ugh, uh, nope. Aaron Jones, <laughs> and uh, now, those might be my three choices at running back, actually. It's probably and Doug, has, and Doug Martin. I have Doug Martin too. Uh, I mean, unless news comes out that Doug Martin's actually the guy, and it's not Peyton Barber's backfields. Oh man, that's that's hideous. It's Bilal, bad. That, that's that's the hole in my lineup here. I would say 
maybe Aaron Jones. I know I, I just know, said right? don't start Aaron Jones, but it comes down to Powell or Aaron Jones. That's that's what it comes down to. Yeah, it, man, because the the Denver Broncos they're playing Cleveland. And Aaron Jones is facing Cleveland, so if there's ever a game to kind of work him back in and get his legs under him, it would be against them. He had one carry last week and ripped it for a 20-yard touchdown. Look, so. I'd be happy with one carry for 20 and a touchdown out of this spot. Absolutely. So we'll see. I, I uh, think he's got the best shot at a score out of those options, so I would roll with Aaron Jones. I think that might be what i do. Interesting. So anyway, that was it. The waiver wire's been good. Um, I just want to say before we get into our uh, next piece, and we've got Derek Brown from Fantasy Football 24-7 that we're going to be talking, giving him some burning questions to answer. I'm really looking forward to this segment. He's always good. Uh, he's excellent, excellent interview. Um, but I do want to just say, did you see the Monday night game? I did, yeah. I, I saw the Bengals actually uh, shit their pants. A couple, couple comments. First of all, was there any doubt in your mind at all at halftime that the that the Steelers would win that game? And I'm I'm being no, serious. No, not at here. all. I mean, I was and as I was, a Patriots fan. I'm pissed. But I was yeah, positive. Not at all. I mean, it's just like there's no. I mean, you just knew how it was going to go. It went exactly yep. that way. Um, AJ Green did put up a, a quite a good performance. Whipped but it out. Other question. Other thing. That shot that Antonio Brown took in the end zone. That was disgusting, Terrifying. right? I mean, yeah. that he popped up from that. Like, don't you think? I mean, uh, don't you think he should probably be in concussion protocol? <laughs> he got absolutely murdered. I was like, "Damn, there goes AB season," and he just pops right up like nothing happened. It just goes to show why he's the top three fantasy player every single year. I mean, the guy just is so resilient; he never gets hurt. I don't get it. I don't get how that was a terrible him. headshot. Because he's not a big guy either. Like, it's not like he has the body to just take these shots. No, I might and be yeah, bigger than Antonio Brown. I mean, not like his ripped or anything, but I mean, like, right. just size-wise. I mean, the, the dude got his – absolutely got his head taken off. I mean, you yeah. you very rarely see a shot like that anymore in the NFL. Um, right. And in slow motion, it looked even worse. I know. And you see when they were talking about the uh, the perfect hit afterwards and he was just in the background yelling karma. Antonio Brown was in the background <laughs> oh yelling God. karma, karma. Oh my God. AB does run his mouth a little bit. <laughs> he does. He does. And that's, I I mean, I guess perfect kind of fucking like. It's yeah, tough it's, to feel too, true. too sorry for perfect. I know, like, no. I don't want anything permanent to happen to the guy, but like, uh, you know. He's done that so many fucking times, though, to people that it's just like, okay. I mean, Juju standing over him might have been a little that, bit. That was, I actually thought, was worse than the hit. I actually yeah. thought the, the standing fact that he over. Stood there, yeah, right? I mean, he, yeah, that was a chippy game. That 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 division for you know all the the shit they get they play some physical fucking football so I, I respect that specifically those two teams just fucking hate each other uh, right they, I heard the announcers they kept talking about how when it's the Ravens and Steelers you know it's going to be a physical game and it's going to be a hard nosed like battle but when it's like the the Bengals and the Steelers you're worried that people are going to get hurt these like, guys they they all fight they will absolutely they, they look fight. like they want to kill each other the whole time. Well, I, mean, I, I thought that a couple of people might. And that's not even counting Shazier, who got hurt on just a bad luck hit. I mean, that wasn't yeah, even that was dirty or anything. Bad, feel terrible about that. Um, I've heard conflicting reports on how he's doing, but I'm obviously right. completely pulling for that guy. felt terrible about that. Um, with that said, uh, week 13 in the books, week 14 coming up. We're going to be uh, right back after this. We're going to talk to Derek Brown, Fantasy Football 24-7, so he can answer some burning questions. back we got a very special guest here um you remember either one of you guys remember i guess not you're probably younger than me in the 80s like anytime there would be uh, a sitcom about something hard hitting like divorce or like getting bullied at school or like having a friend with like a bad illness it would always it would always be a very special episode and uh that's how they would show it on the on the commercials and so we have a very special uh, segment here coming up. We are welcoming back from Fantasy Football 24-7 Derek Brown, who it seems like we just had on the other day. Possibly he's never left. Possibly he's just been in the studio for the entire time <laughs> and uh, was here when we fired it up and he's like, hey, you mind if I get on again? And either way, we're pumped to have him back. He had some great predictions, some great takes last week when we had him on. Derek, how you doing? What is going on, guys? So yeah, no, I'm more like the hobo just sitting out in front of Walmart uh, you might not always see me, but I'm always there, okay? You have like a piece of poster board in front of you that's like, will appear on fantasy football podcasts on request. 
I would prefer to think of it as one of those folded signs, and I'm naked underneath. So just, <laughs> just to clarify. Yeah. I like the way this guy's Perfect. brain works. Um, all right, real quick, just before we get started, um, either you guys ever do you remember, you know, the the mid to late '80s uh, smash hit band uh, from Australia, Midnight Oil, and their number one their number one hit song. Sure, beds are burning. Beds are burning, exactly. And we've got some burning questions to throw Derek's way. Uh, we already used the, uh, you know, when you urinate, it feels weird sensation burning. I knew I couldn't use that again, <laughs> yeah, so well, I came I back literally. So here's how my thought process went. I went, feels weird when you urinate. Um, and then I thought Joan of Arc. And then I thought Midnight Oil. And I passed on Joan of Arc. I was like, I got to come up with something that has to do with the word burning. Midnight Oil, beds are burning. Very good, Wolf. I could tell Derek didn't know what I was talking about. I love That's that okay, though. Stuff. He's the talent. He's here. Oh, we're bringing shoot. him in to answer some questions. So we're going to get right away. Uh, we're going to start firing some questions out. Let's talk about... The Gronk, who is screwing me over royally because uh, he was going to be out this week. I need him desperately in the playoffs. Gronk's going to be suspended for week 14. Obviously, owners are scrambling for a replacement. Give us your top one or two choices who are widely available and can be an effective Band-Aid to get through this must-win round. Oh, man. Uh, so the the guy that I've kind of fallen in love with, and I didn't really think I was going to like him that much at the beginning, but uh, you start breaking down stats, and it's Steven Anderson, man. No doubt. Uh, I, the one stat that uh, I keep quoting to everybody is if you were to culminate the, the Houston Texans t- uh, tight end position into one player, okay, which basically that's what it is right now. That is Steven Anderson because you have CJ and Griffin are both <clears throat> on IR, so Steven's the dude. If you were to culminate that into one player, they are second on the team in red zone targets for the Texans. So Bill O'Brien has always used the the tight end in the red zone and in that offense. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins has 17 red zone targets, and the tight end position for the Texans is 14. I think Steven Anderson's a must-pick-up this week, and he's going to be a guy who has rest-of-the-season value, too. Um, Who you got, Wolf? No, if you're – but – I'm assuming you would say Anderson as well, right, Ruth Wolf? I mean, that that yeah, probably be your top guy. I love Anderson. I think that's a great pick. A couple guys I have above until I heard those stats, and I think they're great. And actually, last week of the the Miami Dolphins running backs to make Kenyon Drake, and that ended up working out perfect for you because uh, you know he inherited a lot of Damian Williams touches, and he exploded because of it. So hopefully that logic goes two for two, and Steven Anderson can uh, pan out for people as well. Definitely widely available. He's I still think available in like ninety percent of leagues right now. So Steven Anderson's a great look. I still like RSJ Ricky Seals Jones. We've we've hyped him up here plenty of times. I know he had a little bit of a down week last week, but let's be real, he has been on NFL field until three weeks ago and he's blown up in two or three of those contests he's a Tennessee defense which the said Steven Anderson just destroyed for 70 yards in a TD that that Tom fucking Savage threw for 365 yards against so I feel like Ricky Seals Jones definitely has a ton of upside only 28% owned right now and OJ Howard I just have a weird feeling it's going to be you know that that's the riskiest of these recommendations I would definitely say Ricky Steven Anderson above him but then OJ Howard if those two are gone I just feel, have that feeling you know he always has that like 50-yard wide-open touchdown pass because the defense over-pursues. The, the Lions have been getting absolutely bombed, and a lot of it is because of over-aggressiveness lately. So I, I like all three of those options. It's widely available, guys. If you're missing out on Gronk this week, give a look for any of them. Derek, you got one more guy because I put in for Steven Anderson on waivers. I needed him. I didn't get him. I had to pick up someone else. Who else would you take if, if you couldn't get Anderson? Who uh, I like Seals Jones. I, I think he's he's risky for me, um, only because the the snap percentage is a little bit low. Um, but another guy that is probably low owned. I gotta pull it up here. Uh, I would probably be going with. I mean, a guy who could be dropped in a lot of leagues could also be Greg Olson, who he practiced in full. Um, if he, if none of those options are out there, another guy, because look, Zach Ertz is still in concussion protocol mm-hmm. and we know that the Eagles love to use the tight end. Trey Burton is a guy, I mean, look, we saw that after Ertz be went out, yeah. he, he, he was religiously targeted by Wentz whenever they were in hurry up and whenever they needed, uh, somebody in the past game. I, I think that Trey Burton could be a guy that you're looking at for this week. Uh, he has probably a, a decently high floor because the Eagles mm-hmm. like to use the the tight end in the red zone as well. So, 
All right. I will tell you guys who I ended up settling for. I ended up picking up David Njoku. And, uh, I know we talked about, you know, I, I don't hate it. I wanted Anderson. I'm not, I mean, I wanted Anderson completely. Seals Jones was already owned. I picked up Njoku. If I can get seven or eight points out of him, I'll be thrilled. Is um, Julius Thomas maybe out there? Just he's not in my, I'm in a 14-team league where people are all yeah. over the waiver wires, so no. Um, next question, next burning question. Um, I'm hoping beds are burning is going to play at some point, at least just a little. Dun, dun, dun. I know, I, I shouldn't even have, have to Have you say seen it. the music video, by the way? The guy's dance moves are impeccable. Of course I have. I was like, I was like. I've got to Google this. I was like in middle oh, yeah, school when that came out. Room. I mean, this was like something that was on the radio when I was in middle school. All right. Um, Incredible song. Mike Davis and Peyton Barber emerged as both. I tried to get both of those guys also on waivers. Didn't get either one of them. Emerged as potential late season workhorses and were among the week's most prioritized ads. Will they lock their respective backfields down? Who would you rather roll out both this week and also long term? Go ahead, Wolf. Why don't you start? Uh, so I would say Mike Davis is definitely the the better bet to lock down the backfield. If that's the first question, I think he he already did lock down the backfield. Seventy three percent of the snaps, even though everybody else was already there. So that tells me they want him to be their workhorse, and he certainly responded. Even though the line's not great there, he burst through the hole. Great power, great steam. Uh, the, the guy's got it all. He, he made plays in the open field as a pass catcher as well. Four catches, thirty yards. So he is their workhorse in terms of the one week rental. Though, if I'm just looking for a start this week. I know Doug Martin's practicing, but Peyton Barber gets a Detroit uh, Lions team that's absolutely reeling right now. Second most touchdowns to running backs this year already, and they're and they're playing even worse than they were earlier in the season. So I, if I'm going for a one-week rental, I do want to hear like any type of coach speak. Are we going back to Doug Martin? Anything like that before I say 100% lock in Barber. But if signs point to him getting the start and getting the lion's share of work again, then I think he's the, the better ad uh, and the better play for just this week. Whereas Davis, long term, and his playoff schedule is complete cake. Gets the Rams in Week 15, um, and gets Dallas in Week 16. So if you, you obviously got to survive 14 anyways. But if you have a buy, then Davis is definitely the guy. And if you can survive long term, Davis is the better play too. Derek, I, I look, I absolutely agree with you, Wolf. Uh, I talked about him on, on waivers earlier in the week. I thought Mike Davis was, uh, and this week. I mean, obviously, I mean, Peyton Barber's got risk to him. So I, I would still sway towards Mike Davis uh, as the top guy, both this week and rest of season, at least from what we know right now. OK, uh, Mike Davis and, and what helps me a little bit. I know they're going against Jacksonville, who is tough against the run. But look, I mean, let's throw it out there. The Eagles are no slouch either. They're the best run defense in the NFL right now. And this dude rolled up four yards per carry. He was used in the pass game and the run game, like you said. I mean, I, what I thought was great about Mike Davis is that you didn't see McKissick running out there on passing downs. Yep. Hell no, man. They ran with Mike Davis. And the guy did what nobody else in Seattle has done pretty much this season outside of well, Russell Wilson is create in the running game by themselves. There was a nifty run where I think like he jump cut it like four guys in, on yeah. one run. And so Mike Davis is number one for me. Number two is Peyton Barber. And I love Peyton Barber. I love what he did because uh, look, look, I have to go into a little bit about him just in the sense that the dude rushed for a hundred yards and nobody for the Buccaneers, not even Doug Martin, not quiz. Nobody has rushed for a hundred yards this entire season. And Peyton Barber did that after they lost two of their starting offensive linemen. And it's not like the the Packers are just like this just shell of a run defense. The guy handled a ton of touches. I think he's still going to be the dude this week, regardless of Martin, because if the Bucks were going to go with the you know the vet or the the win now play, I feel like they would have ran Quiz out there last week. And I, I think they're in eval mode. Like they're they're not they know they're not going to win. Obviously, there's no playoffs this year. So Peyton Barber being 23 years old, he's locked up for the next few seasons. He has a great matchup uh, in front of him this week. I, I think that Peyton Barber is still going to be the main dude. I think he's going to be the workhorse regardless of Doug Martin's health because at the end of the season, okay, maybe Quiz comes back because he's going to be super cheap, but Doug Martin's not back there. There's no way in hell. He's, he's on free agency this year. So I love both of these guys, but if you're talking about just certainty of workload, it's got to be Davis for me. All right. Uh, question number three. And I'm reading this question. I, I, I take exception to a couple of things in this question. 
Uh, an unstoppable force meets an immovable object as Seattle's explosive offense comes crashing into Jacksonville's elite defense. First of all, in no way is Seattle's offense an unstoppable force. But I understand we have to I, say stuff I, like I that to sell teach. the question. But, you know, they're like a pretty good offense. They're, they're <laughs> number three in the league right now. I know it's, it was an exaggeration, I, but I just, I've been dying to use that expression. Well, right. Russell enough. Wilson is the number well, one quarterback well, in fantasy. Here we go. And, but, but, and, and Derek, and then the next part of the question, is Russell Wilson benchable? Who, what the fuck are you talking about? He's the oh, number one man. quarterback hey, in fantasy. I've, what about Baldwin, I, Graham, other wide receivers? I know no, that, I, I know you guys are the talent here, but I just look at that and I roll my eyes. It's like, who do you have on the bench that you're going to bench the number one quarterback in, in I, fantasy? I agree. Nat, I've actually gotten this question like three or four times on Twitter. Though, yeah, so same people here. People are asking. It, it seems ridiculous, and, I, and I'm on your side, too. I, I assume you were. Are going, you're going down with the ship regardless. And, and plus, I think Russell Wilson, the reason he's such a good fantasy quarterback is he brings a lot more to the table than his wide receivers in just the throwing game. He's a, he's a great runner. Um, he's got Jimmy Graham, who the, the Jacksonville Jaguars, if there's any position they're weak at defending in the air game, it, it's the tight end. And when I say weak, I mean relatively. They're still good against the tight end it's not like they're they're mm-hmm. bad against them but the the receivers i am very nervous about doug baldwin i, can I am see very benching nervous baldwin. About, um yeah. I, I can see benching baldwin especially because and we'll talk about some potential weak winners a little bit later guys like marquise goodwin dd westbrook some widely available guys that i think bring some explosive explosive talent to the table this week um so do i bench russell wilson no the guy's been a top five quarterback in five of his last seven weeks hasn't been below 19 points other than one time in that span of seven weeks so the guys lights out i know this is a great defense i know they're elite they're the best defense in the league i I get it but at the end of the day russell's gotten you as far as he has and you can't you can't put him down on the bench i don't know if you agree Derek, or what your thoughts are the questions were too like mccowan do i get alex smith is available smith was a little bit interesting he's he's close when he's facing a bad oakland defense but I still, it's Russell Wilson. You can't bench Russell Wilson, I say. I mean, Smith lit up Oakland last time, and it looks like the Chiefs are going away from the run game. So that, that one's really close, I guess. And a lot of this has to do with, uh, you know, what what do you need for your for your team? You know, do you need huge upside? Do you need uh, steady points? I mean, I have a hard time benching the number one quarterback in fantasy. I, I obviously, I think you just roll him out there, like. This is like saying, like, in a few years ago in past seasons, you know, we, we've all kind of wrestled with the conundrum of Aaron Rodgers versus Seattle or, or tough defenses. And it's like, what the hell are you going to do? Of course you're going to play. It's freaking Aaron Rodgers. So I'm going to follow that up with this statement. It's freaking Russell Wilson. He's the number one damn quarterback in fantasy. Hell no, you're not benching him. I don't care what you think. I don't care what the matchup is. He had a tough defense that he went against last season. I mean, last week in, in Philly, and you saw him running for his life. That's what he's been doing all season. This dude has been creating and just making something out of nothing every single damn play. So can he do it for another week? You bet your ass he can. I, I absolutely believe he can. Look, do you believe if you in, in, go ahead, Wolf. Go ahead. I was going to ask one thing. I I just have a weird like belief in superstition and fantasy like team chemistry, and that mm-hmm. like if your team sees you bench your your number one player, your guy that's gotten you that far just because <laughs> of a matchup, it just sends fear down the bench, and it, it, they play timid and they don't come out fired up. I feel like you gotta roll out your number one. The last time I made this argument was Deshaun Watson against Seattle this year. Oh. I said, not bench Deshaun Watson. He's your number one guy. He's gotten you this far, and your team will respond poorly if you put him on the bench. And what did he do? Had 35 points. So, you know, I, I don't know about you, Derek, but I'm a big believer in fantasy team chemistry. Just like Nat, you can't control your team right now. The poor coaching over there. Listen. It's, it's all these little side <laughs> things are true. He's he's saying that to me. Uh, he's saying that to me, Derek, because I have both Michael Crabtree and Rob Gronkowski and, and uh, <laughs> who, who are just out of control completely. And he, he says that, that it go, you look no help. further than the coach but look if you have managed to get the number one this is way worse than the watson thing this is way worse because if you manage to have the number one quarterback in all of fantasy and this is for the full season not through like three weeks like watson or something like that and you got the number one guy and you're in the playoffs and you bench him because he's playing a tough defense and you lose you deserve it so like don't be an idiot people like if you got the number one guy play him and there's a similar question that's next 
uh, that I, I feel pretty much the same way about. This says, in a light version of this question, what about the Jets passing game versus the Broncos elite corners? I think we should put elite maybe in quotes there. Are Josh McCown and Robbie Anderson truly matchup proof? As a Denver fan, I would not be scared at all to start Robbie Anderson against the Broncos. What do you guys think? Uh, go ahead, Well, If you want to lead off this, who want me to take it? This is a tricky one because I am pretty biased because Josh McCown and Robbie Anderson have made me look like a genius on multiple occasions, last week being the the highlight of that. I, I, Josh McCown was a hit start I got numerous times, and I he was the number two quarterback of the week, so I, I pretty much knocked that one out of the park. I said McCown every single time. Um, this is a tougher matchup. The, the corners are the only strength of that defense, but they can also get destroyed by the tight end. So I do like that Josh McCown. I think this could be an ASJ type of day where ASJ goes for two touchdowns or something. I mean, he's obviously been horrendous the last couple weeks, so that's asking for a lot. Robbie makes me a little bit nervous if Chris Anderson, sh- uh, I mean, Chris Harris is shadowing him. Um, but still, at the end of the day, he's been such a monster these last few weeks that it's, it's again, it's not, not Russell Wilson level, but he's going to be real tough for me to bench. It depends on the other options, but I don't think I'm going to put either of those guys on the bench. It really depends, though. No, I'm not either. I'm rolling out, and uh, McCown was my number two quarterback on waivers this week. I'm not scared of the Denver defense at all. <laughs> Nor should they, you I, be. Uh, no, hell no, man. Look, the two stats that I thought were amazing, and one of these has been quoted by a ton of people, so it's, it's you know, most people have already heard of this, but Denver has given up the most passing touchdowns to quarterbacks on the season. The most. There ain't nobody. Really? They're, they're second to nobody in that. So they, remember they, at the beginning of the year, even when they were good, Phillip Rivers threw like three or four touchdowns against them, and yeah. that was when everyone was like, they're dominant. I mean, yeah, you're. Yeah. I'm, I didn't know that stat, but I'm not surprised to hear it. I'm really not. Well, and they're 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 also fifth worst. They're the fifth fifth worst for those great cornerbacks. They are fifth worst in the NFL at forcing interceptions this this season. So they're not getting turnovers. Quarterbacks are throwing for a crap ton of touchdowns. Obviously, I think you roll out McCown. I think you feel good about it. I think that he's been steady. And the, and the crazy stat with him is over the last seven games, the dude has scored had he has had four rushing touchdowns. So mm-hmm. obviously, that's a long enough sample size. It's almost half uh, a little bit over half the season right now. Uh, walking into week fourteen, but that guy has that helps his floor. So they're using him on the goal line. So I, I would feel. Absolutely confident rolling out McCown this week as well as Robbie Anderson because, I mean, dude, what has Robbie Anderson scored? Like a touchdown in the last like six or seven straight games? I mean, right. yeah, I, I got to believe that it continues again this week. I, so I, I would say start them. I got two sit starts specifically around those guys. I want to hear you guys answer this. So it's a flex one, Robbie Anderson or Jordan Howard, half PPR. I would totally uh, – I'd play Anderson, man. I absolutely would. Uh, you, you sit Anderson – uh, on this like reputation defense that I mean is just like Swiss cheese and Derek just demonstrated that with his stat I would have said it just in more general terms I've been watching them and they suck ass but I mean he gave us actual <laughs> proof of that I mean you sit Robbie Anderson because of you're scared of the Denver defense I mean I suppose you could get burned but that's just being like paranoid like looking through your window slats like you know like you're all jacked up on some hard drugs and, and freaking out about nothing Derek, yeah, Jordan I'm, Howard, Robbie Anderson, what do you think? Robbie Anderson for me. And the biggest thing that I think, and Cincinnati can be run on, I know that, but with Howard, I think he played, and and correct me if I'm wrong, I think he played a season low of snaps this week, last week. Uh, versus he, he didn't get it done against San Fran. I mean, who's he going to fucking get it done against? The worst run defense uh, in the league. Yeah, I said, what do you have, like 38 yards against San Francisco? And I think six, mean, just, six yards the week before it. that. Right. What about McCowan? So this is the other one I want to do with that. McCowan, uh, Big Ben, or uh, Derek Carr. That that was the third one. Uh, those three options somebody rolled out to me. That's tricky. Oh, man. I might go McCowan. <laughs> I'm going McCowan. I, I think he has the highest floor. Uh, the Steelers take on the Ravens. Those – those games in the, in the AFC North, I mean, look, we just saw last week, they're, they're nasty, low-scoring games. It's going to be 13-9. I mean, he's going to be without Juju. So, you know, the the chemistry, even when Juju's been out or something, it's not amazing with, with Martavius Bryant. So, if anything, I think that's a big Le'Veon Bell game. Um, so, 
not big bang for me uh he's my he's my lowest of the three too just so we're we're in agreement there and then car i have i'll just be full disclosure i have right now i have mccowan eight car nine and uh, i'm very dangerously tempted to flip it just because car the one game he's really destroyed this year was against the chiefs i know we had amari cooper and amari was blowing up that week but the matchup is so right for Carr. Uh, I think he's due for an explosion. So I, I don't know. That one's get. That one's just causing me some. The, sleep the only night. reason that that would give me pause, Wolf, is that the Raiders and the Chiefs they really got to put it all out there. I mean, they're both six and six. Like, exactly. and so they have a lot to play for. So I, think I, I could see, I could see Carr putting up five points or thirty. So I understand you being a little hesitant on that. I do think that McCown will have a big game. I would probably go with him because I think there's probably a better chance of him having like a big fantasy day. I think McCown has the highest floor. Uh, I'm going to go with him regardless. Um, Yeah. So uh, going back to it, uh, I think, uh, okay, so Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen split snaps pretty much. I mean, almost in the middle, Howard had 22 versus Tariq Cohen, 16, just sharing Mm -hmm. back to that, to, you know, the Howard conundrum. Interesting. Okay. We're we're against Howard on this. All right. Uh, Last week saw Josh Gordon and Jimmy G make their triumphant debuts. Both were solid. Do you expect them to build upon this success? Can you trust them in the fantasy playoffs, especially with such hard quarterback matchups this week? Derek, why don't you start this one off? Look, I I think Jimmy G is going to build on it. The Texans can be had in the passing game. And look, Shani felt good about letting him throw the ball, uh, I think it was 37 times last week. So, if he's going to let it rip, uh, then this is a great defense to go against. Uh, they've given up the – oh, I might be out of date with this set. I think the fourth most points to fantasy wide receivers of the season. Yeah, uh, right around there. They've been getting dusted deep. I mean, it's, it's top five. Yeah, yeah, regardless. So you got you got Goodwin in – the guy that I love is a sleeper. So if you're in a super deep league like, like you're talking about that – Trent Taylor is a guy that I, I pounded the desk for because, look, I'm a homer. He's from Louisiana, so am I. I love Trent Taylor as a talent. He's a scrappy as hell player. If you're in a deep league, go pick him up because he came to life last week with a, with a, the offense actually throwing the ball a ton. And they're going to throw the ball a ton because Houston is terrible against the pass, but they are great against the run. So mm-hmm. I think Shani's going to attack that. I love Jimmy G as – I mean, he's a little bit more than a dart throw for me. I think he has a, has a pretty high floor, even though he didn't pass for a touchdown last week. The Texans are just a, an amazing matchup. So uh, the other guy, Josh Gordon, Josh Gordon, look, I, we, we, we talked about him, I think, the last time that I was on here. And I, I, look, I'll own it. I'll own it, man. I gave Gordon a bunch of crap, and this dude is in way better shape. He was ready to play a lot more than I thought after missing three years. Now he gets the Packers, and the rest of the season schedule has changed a little bit. Now he gets, he gets what, the Ravens after that, and they're without Jimmy Smith. I think Josh Gordon, considering he got 11 targets in his first game, is a must-start because – if the ball was even remotely near him last game, he only caught four out of 11 targets. But if you go back and look at the game film, the other seven he didn't catch were they were uncatchable. They shouldn't even be counted as targets because it was bullshit tosses by the bastard son of Jameis Winston, which is Deshaun Kaiser. So, you know, I, I think that Josh Gordon is going to ball out. I think he's going to be he's a lock top 10 this week for me. And I'll tell you who else is going against that Packers secondary. David Najoku. So, <laughs> Wolf, uh, what do you think, Wolf? So, building on Gordon, Casey Hayward came out, one of the best corners in the league, um, came out and said, Josh Gordon was easily the hardest cover I've had all year, and he's covered Odell this year. He's covered Brandon Cooks, Tyreek Hill, Crabtree. I mean, he's been on some elite receivers, and he said Josh Gordon was the hardest guy I had to stay with this year. So, I think it's only a matter of time, and the Green Bay secondary, like Derek mentioned, fifth most points to wide receivers. If ever a time, it's going to be this week. He's going to he's gonna be free. Just a matter of can Kaiser deliver that mail. I think, obviously, 
he'll sail a few over his head. But at the end of the day, I think Gordon's definitely going to feast. I see a, a monster. I see seven, eight to ten catches, one twenty. You know, one of those monstrous Josh Gordon vintage days. The guy looked as good as he's ever looked. I saw what I needed to see. I'm all in on Josh Gordon this week, just like Derek. Uh, in terms of Jimmy G, I fully agree too. I think he showed enough. I know he didn't find the end zone, uh, but he moved that offense well. Trent Taylor, I, I love that you mentioned him. I've actually had a few people ask me, like, I'm starting Zay Jones. Give me someone else to look at, please. Oh, Trent God, Taylor's Zay the guy Jones. I go with every time. Yeah, fuck Zay Jones. Awful. Uh, well, Trent you're going to have Peterman under center this week. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. That's brutal. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You don't start Zay Jones. So I said Trent Taylor to anybody that's in like a desperate flyer situation. I have him like 25 spots above the expert consensus. I love him too. Six catches, 92 yards last week. Jimmy G's got, comes from that Patriots system where they target the slot guys and those quick, shallow routes. And Trent Taylor was all over the field this week. So I agree. I like Marquise Goodwin even more. I think he explodes. I have him, I think, at wide receiver 15 as compared to wow. the experts. I have him at like 30. It might be 18 or so, but top 20 for sure. I really, really like Goodwin this week. And so if I like both of those guys as much as I do, it means I have to like Jimmy. I'm having a tough time deciding where exactly to slot him in, like Cam Newton against Minnesota or Jimmy G against Houston. If I was a Cam Newton owner, I'd really be given some serious thought. Obviously, that's tough to like bench Cam, and Cam brings the rushing to the table, which makes him a little more dangerous. Or like Drew Brees, he's really been just mediocre since that run game took over. Would I bench him for Jimmy? I don't know. I probably not. I but wouldn't. man, I would not be surprised man. at all this week to see Jimmy finish as a top ten quarterback. All right, I wouldn't be surprised on it either. Yeah. I, I would not start him over Cam or Drew Brees. I, I also thought that the guy looked— What about Matt Ryan? Who's Matt Ryan playing against? Oh, man, y'all are foreshadowing hard. There's a lot of guys Who, here. I'm gonna who's Matt Ryan Brees. playing against? He's New Orleans. Saints. Uh, That's tough. It's that, tough second. It's, I would okay. Pro- I would, I'm going to get into it. So I, would probably, I would probably start Matt Ryan, but like I understand why you would have pause. Um, All right, Derek's, Derek's going to rip it. Rip All right, it down. so last question, guys. Yeah. We're actually last two questions. Give me the quarterback, running back, and wide receiver that are going to give that are going to win people their Week 14 playoff matchups. I assume you're saying, uh, you know, basically who's your top guy at each spot? Is that what you're asking? Kind of, or just like who might you not like have considered putting in your lineup that you end up putting in and blows up could go either way. Like, I mean, obviously Tom Brady, he's going to be the number one quarterback this week against Miami. That's easy. So what quarterback conundrum might you be, uh, you know, weighing in your mind that ends up shaking out the right way. Something Derek, like what, that. what, what quarterback can people play this week? That's going to win them week 14. Man. So uh, the, the two quarterbacks that come to mind for me and I would play both of these over Matt Ryan this week is Andy Dalton and Case Keenum. And uh, if y'all may have already seen this tweet I put out earlier, but Andy Dalton has found his legs over the last part of the season. I think that he's going to be a top 10 quarterback this week, or he's going to, he's going to be a QB one. I'll put it that way. As long as he's not on like primetime TV, uh, you might be right. But man, that guy wilted in the second half the last time we saw him. Well, I mean, but, but but the other thing that has to be factored into Dalton in watching the game, because it killed me. So obviously this is, this is fresh salt in the wound (laughs) was that there there was a bullshit, but Bernard holding call. You're you're right about that, Derek. You're right. about A 60 yard touchdown by, by Green, which would have had Andy would have had three passing touchdowns. He'd have had three hundred plus yards, and people would be having a little bit different idea about Andy this week. So, uh, the the stat that jumps out at me about Andy is that the last three games, this dude has finished as the QB nine, QB twelve, and QB six. If you were to average that over, so over the last three weeks, over all of fantasy, he is the QB seven. Okay, and he takes on the Bears this week, mm. who in, in their last three games have allowed quarterbacks to have a, a, a rating of 103. They're allowing 68% completion percentage. And to just talk about the Bengals' ability to move the ball, they're also allowing the sixth highest uh, passing for first down percentage. So okay. I love Andy this week. I play him over Matt Ryan. I also love Case Keenum. And Case Keenum's been on fire. The dude has been absolutely steady. I think Case Keenum and Josh McCown are in the same kind of tier for me because they've just been steady as hell. I mean, four out of the last five, Case Keenum's gone over 280 passing yards and had two or more touchdowns in those games. In three of the last five, he's been a top five quarterback. It's just the name value. People don't love on him because the name value, and they're they're actually kind of overestimating uh, this Panthers all, uh, pass defense. 
um, because the Panthers are living off of defensive name, kind of like the Broncos right now. I, the, Carolina is very tough against the run, but the pass, the last three games, they're allowing the six most passing yards at 250 a game. They're allowing uh, opposing quarterbacks to have a 99 Q- QBR, and they're allowing the eighth highest yards per completion. So they're giving up a ton of big plays. So I would play both of those over Matt Ryan, who is actually the guy who I think is going to lose people a lot of weeks. So before we get into the losers, who, who's your, uh, your, your winner, winner, chicken dinner there, uh, Wolf? Uh, so we talked about, you know, Derek Carr. I'm very high on him this week. I think he's going to have his blow-up game. I think it's going to be a big shootout. Uh, like Nat, Nat said, the implications of that game are huge. I think he's going to rise to the occasion at um, facing Kansas City. Uh, but a guy that I'm getting a lot of questions about, and I feel like I'm always leaning him, and uh, I might be biased because he's been my guy all year, is Jared Goff. I know Philly's a tough defense, um, so a lot of people are, are kind of down on Goff this week. But I just have a feeling it's going to be one of those, like, the, the number one versus number two pick like of last year, just a shootout, uh, both teams going back and forth, both guys trying to have a dick-measuring contest. And I think it's going to be a, a solid uh, fantasy day for all, all everyone involved. So I really like that game. I can't wait to see what goes down with Philly and, and Los Angeles uh, at home for Jared Goff. I just have a feeling he, he rises to the occasion here against Wentz. I don't know if they end up winning the game or not, but I think it's going to be a shootout, and I think Goff, a lot of people are nervous about him. I, I have a feeling he's just going to have a big day. I'm, I'm excited about golf this week. All right, Wolf, running back or wide receiver that could win people their Week 14 playoff matchup? We've gone a little over, so uh, give me one of those. I'm going to just keep riding the Patriots' backfield and go Rex Burkhead. I keep getting set-start questions. Do I, do I play Burkhead again? Of course you fucking play Burkhead again, man. He's got two, four touchdowns in the last two games, back-to-back double-digit score games, the first Patriot running back to do that since Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis. I mean, the guy is absolutely on fire. And Deion Lewis, too. you got to make sure he's in your lineup. I'm six spots higher on both Burkhead and Lewis, both in my top ten running backs this week, and I don't see mm. any reason for them to slow down, especially with Gronk out. Like They're just going to get more and more work. Derek? I love Rex Burkhead. Uh, to add to your take, Wolf, uh, he's been an RB1 in three of the last four games, so you got to go with Sexy Rexy. The guy that uh, I think is going to lose people a lot of games, and I – look, I'm not saying that you bench him because you probably don't have better options, and a lot of people are going to hate this take, but Leonard Fournette, I think that he is going to lose people a lot of different games because Seattle is no slouch in the run. Yes, they've had injuries, but it hasn't been on the D-line. They are still stout as hell versus the run. And Fournette has been a different player. I think he is nowhere close to healthy. I think they're running him out there because they have to because this guy is the centerpiece of their offense. But since that ankle injury that sidelined him for a game, since he's come back from that injury, this dude has only gotten 226 rushing yards over those four games. He's running at 2.9 yards per carry, and he's only had one touchdown. So Seattle's not an easy matchup. He had easy matchups against the Chargers, Browns, and Indy, and he wasn't able to capitalize because I don't think the guy's healthy. So, I look, I'm not saying that you don't start him because you probably don't have any better damn options, but if it's Fournette versus Burkhead, I'm going Burkhead, man, all the way. Yeah, interesting. Derek, I, I actually I, agree with that take on Fournette. I don't know if people are going to get mad about it or not, but I've had the same thought. He hasn't looked like the same guy, and you, you don't. it doesn't take a genius. You trace it back to when he sat out when he was injured. He hasn't been the same since then. I agree. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Also, DraftKings-wise, a guy that I just want to make a plug for real quick is LaShawn McCoy. I have a feeling he's averaged over like seven yards a carry over his last three or something crazy like that. I have a feeling he's going to get like 25 carries, go for 150 and two TDs. I just – weird gut call on LaShawn McCoy, but if you're playing DraftKings, he's going to be like my running back. You want to you you know something that's weird about LaShawn McCoy, and I know this because I own him. He was actually my keeper in my hometown league. Uh, he hasn't looked great this year, right? Like, I mean, he hasn't, you haven't looked at him and be like, oh my gosh, LaShawn McCoy's amazing. He's the RB7 on the season in right. PPR. I mean, it's like, yeah, he hasn't been amazing, but he's one of the best running backs in fantasy still. And, and like, and you I know, think and this one, is some of the like guys ahead of him are like Fournette and stuff like we're talking about who are, you know, maybe go in the wrong direction. Maybe even Kareem Hunt. I don't know where he is right now, but uh, you know, <laughs> right now, I mean, McCoy, McCoy, he's steady. He gets me points every single game, no matter what. Real quick, guys, wide receiver that could win someone uh, their Week 14 playoff matchup. Derek, why don't you start? I, Wolf alluded to it, and I'm, I'm wondering if he's going to jump on the same uh, bandwagon that we're both riding on right now. Is that Crabtree? He, he he is the guy that I think is going to win weeks. He talked about Carr. 
he is the one the one horse show. He is the guy that is going to be the target monster in that offense. He didn't have a great game the first time they played against the Chiefs. I know he had the touchdown, but Cooper is still not practicing. I think Cooper's still going to be out this week. I look for Crabtree. He is going to threaten for that 12. He is easily 10-plus targets. I think he's going to threaten for that like Mike Evans type of uh, workload, like 12 to 14 this week, going against Casey, who just lost. Uh, well, lost, Yeah, they suspended him, right? Yeah, yeah. dude. Uh, uh, Andy Reid sat. Uh, Marcus well, Peters. Yeah, Marcus Peters, who hasn't been amazing this year, but he's still a good cornerback. And Crabtree, it's not like they're going to be able to double him with, with what the, the Chiefs' backup cornerbacks are. Where you get a roll to uh, Revis out there? Revis is. Dude, they is, need to cut him. Oh, he's horrible, man. He's absolutely horrible. <laughs> so Crabtree is going to go off. I think he's going to be a target monster. He is going to win some weeks, some money. I, I love him this week. Well, I'm I'm 100% aboard that. I he's the 13th ranked uh, receiver by the experts. I have him at seven, and I I'm tempted to move him up to my top three. I could see him being the number one scoring receiver this week. I totally could. I absolutely love a Crabtree blow up for all those reasons you listed. Another guy that I just don't understand why people don't respect this guy is Marvin Jones. He's been one of the number one value plays of the entire year. He he's been a monster every single week, week in and week out. Uh, and I don't get it. He's I'm looking at the, the the numbers right now in terms of his last finishes over his, you know, since week six, fourth receiver, 10th receiver, second receiver, 77th. So one disappearing act, 12th, fifth, 23rd. So he hasn't been below a 20 top 23 receiver and he's been top 10 pretty much that entire span yet. Nobody's talking about him. And that's against Minnesota and Pittsburgh and all these elite defenses. And now he gets Tampa Bay that gives up the second most points after the chiefs to, to the wide receiver position. You gotta be kidding me. I absolutely love Marvin. Jones. I have met wide receiver six this week, whereas everybody else has him in the 15, 16 range. Oh, gosh. He's got, he, I, I don't get it. I don't get why people aren't treating him like a true wide receiver one because he absolutely has been. And now he's in the best spot he's been in in weeks. I'm seeing another 150 TD, two TD type of day from Marvin Jones. Love him. All right, guys. He's going to he's gonna have a great day. I absolutely agree. We're going to – the last question because we've gone so late. I want you each to give me <laughs> one guy. That could cost the owners everything this year. You're gonna roll him that this week, week 14, first week of the playoffs. You roll him out there, and it's just like uh, I'm trying to think of a terrible thing to say. Um, it's just real bad. <laughs> uh, what do you I, What do you think, Derek? Oh man, uh, the guy that I think that and and he's been great so far. And this is a lot of matchup. I think Devin Funches going against Xavier Rhodes is going to hurt. So many people because I don't think that Devin Funches is an elite enough of talent. I don't think that he's going to be able to win the one-on-one matchups with Rhodes. I know Marvin Jones, like you're talking about, had a great game versus Rhodes, but Rhodes has shut everybody else down. So if I have Devin Funches, which I actually have him in two of my teams, and thank God I have a buy on those teams. But I, look, I would be looking towards somebody else. I would definitely be starting like a Robbie Anderson or somebody else that has on paper a rough matchup. I'm going. Funches is going to ruin a lot of weeks right now. He's a, he's a sit for me. Wolf. I'm very nervous about Julio Jones and Mike Evans, the two top five picks that just everyone keeps rolling out because they're number one names. None of them have been number ones outside of that 250-whatever ridiculous game from Julio. He's been garbage all year. He really has. So I'm nervous against a New Orleans secondary. Lattimore should be back this week. Uh, people still rating it, ranking him in the top five receivers. Yeah, you're probably starting Julio Jones. I doubt you have better options, but I'm guaranteeing Crabtree, Marvin Jones, Tyree Kill, some of these lesser names are going to easily outscore him. Probably Josh Gordon I'd rather have out there. I, I'm just very nervous about Julio Jones and how often he's disappeared, and now he's getting another good secondary. I think he's going to cost some people, unfortunately. Man, I I'm, I totally agree with you. Julio Jones is worrying me, and a lot. some of that has to do with Lattimore being back. But a lot of that has to do with I, I, I hate Matt Ryan this week. I think that he is still woefully overrated. He's only been a QB one three times on this entire damn season. He's only thrown for one touchdown in the last two weeks. And everybody wants to be like, well, if Lattimore's out, then, I mean, Matt Ryan's a good play, right? Dude, they still held without Lattimore. They held Cam to 183 yards passing. So I, it, it's not like the Panthers just lit them on fire. So – 
I, I agree. I'm worried about Julio. I tried to actually traded Julio away in a few of my leagues because I saw this like playoff matchups. They get the Saints 14 and 16 uh, weeks, 14 and 16. And look, Lattimore's no joke, man. I, I uh, no Julio for me. All right, guys. That was some some fire takes between the two of you guys. Uh, that was some good stuff. Oh, I hope that? the people appreciated that because some great answers to some tough questions and uh, some lively banter along the way. So, Derek uh, Derek Brown, Fantasy Football 24-7, thanks for joining us again. This is going to be like a, a daily or weekly thing pretty soon, huh? Hey, anytime y'all want me to come over, I feel like y'all are just gluttons for punishment. I mean, I, <laughs> y'all got to listen to my damn voice every single week, but <laughs> – Look, I, I love talking football with y'all. It's a great time every time I'm on here. So anytime y'all y'all want me to come on, I'm more than glad and happy to do it. So awesome. uh, good luck and uh, in, in your fantasy weeks this week, boys. Thanks, man. We'll take you up on that. See you later, Derek. Hey, I'm the mailman. I'm the mailman. Yeah, the real one. All right, guys, we're back with the mailbag. And we got a pretty good one. There's some tough questions in the mailbag this week. Wouldn't you agree? I, I absolutely agree. We've got some uh, recordings, too, this week. For the first time, the people are getting their voices back on the show, which I'm super excited for. Do you want to open with the recordings? Well, I feel like there's only one way to do it. When you get a recording from Seamus, you don't keep him waiting. And okay. the, the people, especially, we don't keep the people waiting anymore. So. All right, rip it Seamus, off. Seamus, we break the surprise. Seamus has returned. I have no idea what this says. It popped up on my text messages today. He said, LOL, and that was it. So, okay. All right, let, yeah, unfiltered. Rattle it off. <laughs> Let's do it. Hello, Roto Street Journal world. We're bringing Simply back this week. I'm so excited to finally uh, hit the airwaves again. I know it's been a while since you've all heard from me. It's been a pretty eventful fantasy football season for me. Um, After, as you all know, making some horrific uh, keeper choices in the beginning of the season, which the school has not hesitated to emphasize on every occasion possible. Um, I have uh, lost my quarterback uh, in both my leagues. I took a few losses a few weeks there, um, but I am happy to report that I, Simply Seamus, am now heading into the playoffs in both my leagues. Um, I am heading in as the sixth seed. I snuck in um, without even realizing I had a chance and didn't even... uh, do a lineup. So that's oh, how I am. Uh, and on my other league, I'm entering as a fifth seed. Thanks to. Oh. Seamus, where'd you go? Seamus, is that it? Is that it for Seamus? Great help from the Wolf last week. Um, he was really great with helping me. Uh, with some of the key matchups and, you know, understanding. And that's something that I've really started to learn a bit more is the matchups of the players. You know, you're going against this player and how you counterbalance points and different things. And he made some great waiver wire choices, um, some players that he knew would explode. And I scored 217 points. Yes, that is correct. Jesus. The dance teacher. Uh, knocked it out of a park um so i am incredibly happy i am super excited for the playoffs i have slightly no clue what i'm doing um but you know Roto street journal uh you guys are there for me um not quite sure uh who i should be having on my bench um you know as backups what positions i should really be looking for um i'm sure i certainly need to be monitoring some matchups and things um but it's pretty exciting so you know i'd love to hear from everyone everyone's feedback um damn it the recording just keeps cutting out you know what everyone every little bit of advice that everyone has for me um and i'm really looking forward to the uh next few weeks of uh dominating and you know becoming a two-time champion and a potential champion in a new league um this year so i'm looking forward to it and uh i'm happy to be back on the airwaves Um, and perhaps you know maybe in the off season we'll return with some uh more fantasy footballs for everyone's (laughs) liking because i just know everyone loves to hear my voice peace out we do love hearing Seamus's voice let me tell you something about Seamus I'm I'm friends with him on Facebook which is awesome I I love keeping track of him and uh there was a picture on there today I think it was a memory from like a year ago and it's just 
you know, these three very nice looking women uh, with Seamus and Seamus is just dressed up in a coonskin skin cap and like full Davy Crockett gear. Um, and I, I didn't even want to read like what was under it. I didn't want to know the circumstances around it. I just, <laughs> I, I, and I, I didn't. So I was just like, this guy is like, he's like living like the, the life of a rock star. I mean, who else, who else just ends up with like three nice looking women dressed as Davy Crockett? Like that doesn't happen to regular people. So keep it up. I Shannon. certainly haven't. You don't agree? I've never it. done that. I mean, granted, I'm a little older than a lot of you guys, but you know, even back in, you know, the early eighties or whenever I was, you know, I guess I wasn't that young. I guess I'm not that old. <laughs> um, Anyways. But yeah, no, he he told me he's been to more bachelorette parties than any female he's ever met. So the guy he's, the guy cleans up pretty well. Yeah, he's a badass. He anyway, is a badass. Thanks for letting us. There's some questions to answer for him. But yeah, I remember last week his – and you should see the lineup that scored 217. I mean if I told you the players in there and you told me they were going to score 217, you'd spit your coffee out everywhere. It was like Marquise Goodwin and Nelson Aguilar, all these like you know no-name waiver wire guys that just – Pieced it together. That it was a tough. Jermaine Curse was a guy we found on the waiver wires. It, it was an awesome effort. That it took a, a team, but Seamus got it done, and I'm, I'm pumped. I hope we can get him a, a title like last year. Good old Seamus. Glad to hear from you, buddy. All right, let's talk real quick. Jay Yaji, Duke Johnson, half point PPR. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say this is the week. The the tide t- changes for JGI, which I've said for about 15, 14 weeks. Is that what we're on now, week 14? Uh, yeah. But he he led the team in snaps last week, led the team in carries, and the Rams have given up the second most points to running backs. I really think JGI finds the end zone, racks up at least 70 yards. I think he's going to have a decent week this week. I like it. All right, PPR flex, D.D. Westbrook or Martavis Bryant? PPR especially, I like the upside of D.D. Westbrook. I know Juju's out, so a lot of people are higher on Martavis this week. But the matchup with Baltimore is tricky, and, and I know Seattle's no slouch either, but they've got gotten beat deep. Nelson Aguilar went after him, and I think D.D. profile is pretty similar to Aguilar. We'll draw the second cover, too, with Marquise Lee's draw, Marquise Lee drawing the first. So I like D.D. Westbrook to have his best game of the, as a professional and potentially spark his stretch run hero call that we've been, we've been talking about so often. All right, PPR, pick one, Alfred Morris, Mike Davis. Derek Henry. Interesting names. PPR, this is not a PPR guy, but I like Alfred Morris against the Giants, giving up the third most points to running backs. The game flow definitely favors him. We saw last week when they can get up early. Alfred Morris has all the upside in the world. I think they're going to get up early and often against the the hapless Giants. And I think Alfred Morris rumbles for about 100 in a TD. All right. uh, Do we have another audio mailbag question? Oh, we do. All right. Mr. Well, we got this, another returning. Is this for me? I think there's actually a question in this one. I'm All not right. sure. I know. Not just, just, uh, <laughs> not just a random stream of consciousness about nothing. But <laughs> thank ahead. you, Seamus. Wolf, what up? Meat sweats here. Just sweat my ass off because <laughs> fantasy's never easy. Zachary, it's my most consistent player all year. Question mark for Sunday. So if in the event that he's out, do you play RSJ or do you pick up Trey Burton and put him in there? Also contributing to the midweek drips I have is <laughs> Alex Collins migraines. I put in the, the waiver. I'm not sure who I got yet, but I have in the waiver for Davis, Gio Bernard, and Peyton Barber. So I'll let you know how I make out with those guys. But I also have Derek Henry and Aaron Jones on my bench. Who would you play in the event that Alex Collins doesn't suit up on Sunday? Thanks, Wolf. Appreciate the appreciate the help. All righty, another returning legend. The meat sweats is back. It has the midweek drips. It has the midweek drips. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but in terms of tight end, and this is something if you were listening earlier, we covered with uh, Derek when we were talking about Gronk. But, yeah, you got to take the same angle with Zach Ertz, who's in concussion protocol right now. Uh, I would say I like RSJ out of those two options, definitely. I think he's got the most upside. He's had two huge blowups and one just – he caught a nice 40-yarder but was pretty quiet otherwise. He's getting the Tennessee secondary that gave him 365 to fucking Savage. He obviously has Blaine Gabbert's trust in chemistry, the scout team chemistry we've raved about. 
So out of those two options, I do like RSJ. We did talk about Steven Anderson quite a bit too, so I want to make sure I plug his name. And I'd rather have Anderson over Burton if it comes down to those two. Steven Anderson for the Texans, also a decent fill-in option. In terms of Collins, he actually practiced in full. So the latest news is Collins is good to go. I practiced in full today, so you roll him out. If I had to choose between those other options, it's whatever guy you ended up picking up between Barber, Davis, and Bernard. I like any of them as a start over Henry. He's still too, the volume's still not there. Um, So I would totally go with whichever waiver guy you picked up. If Collins suddenly missed the game, but it's looking like he's full and ready to go, four touchdowns in three weeks, you got to keep rolling that guy out. All right, real quick, uh, RSJ or Jared Cook? Uh, let's go RSJ. Jared Cook's been fucking awful lately. Rams or Bengals defense? I'm going to go Bengals. Yeah, I the agree. The matchup's right for the Bengals. Uh, Stafford, Keenum, or Dalton? Pick one. If Stafford plays against Tampa Bay, you got to roll him out. But otherwise, let's assume he's out. I like Keenum, 285 and four of his last five. Like him a lot. All right, pick two of these. Leonard Fournette, Latavius Murray, Isaiah Crowell, Derrick Henry. And we talked about Fournette and how he <sighs> could easily bust. And I still, when these are the other options, you got to have Fournette as one of them, even though he does have some high bust potential this week. And then I go Latavius Murray. I think that offense has just been steamrolling and that – presents plenty of scoring chances for Latavius Murray. So I go him over Crowell and Henry. I agree. Uh, all right. Trent Taylor or Crowell or Henry for the remaining running back at flex. Oh, so the, the flex. So Crowell or Henry or Trent Taylor at flex. Yeah. And this is a PPR league. I really do like the ceiling of Trent Taylor there if you need an upside play, but I would probably roll out Crowell. He's guaranteed yep. 15 or so touches against a pretty soft Green Bay run defense. So in most cases I'm going Crowell, but if you're the underdog and you need to blow up, I really do like Trent Taylor's upside. We talked about him earlier. Jared Goff or Alex Smith? And as I said earlier, I really think Goff's going to have a big week, even though the Eagles' defense is tough. I think he rises to the occasion, dick measuring contest. It's going to be Jared Goff, even though I do really like Smith too. Jared Goff in that one. All right, need two wide receivers, standard scoring. Who the hell plays standard scoring? Jesus. I know, seriously. But anyway, needs two of these guys. Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, Marquise Goodwin, Marquise Lee. Ooh, that's a hard one. Uh, because I'm so high on Goodwin and standard league too, you benefit from like a big play guy that can go deep and score. I'm going to roll out Goodwin, and I know he's probably the lowest on most people's list there, but I like Goodwin a lot this week. And then it comes down to Adams or Diggs. I know Adams has been Hunley's boy, but who knows what Hunley's going to show up any given week. He's awful. So give me Diggs. I know Carolina's been getting dusted by receivers lately, giving up the 12th most points to wide receivers. Diggs is due for a blow up. So I'm going to say Diggs and Goodwin out of those two. All right. Robbie Anderson, Rex Burkhead, Jordan Howard. We uh, talked about this one a little bit with, right, uh, a, a little with, bit. with Derek. Rex is my lock, and then it came down to Robbie or Jordan Howard. That's why I brought that one up. Oh, that was the actual again. question that we did. I got you. Okay. Right, exactly. Yeah, right. that's why I brought this one up. And I think it, it, originally I said Howard, but after listening to you guys, after realizing <laughs> Howard split snaps evenly with Tariq Cohen essentially and couldn't get it got done against San Fran, why would you trust him again? Let's <laughs> stick with Robbie. He's been hot. He's on fire. Robbie and Rex, baby. That's funny. Derek and I were both pretty hardcore on that one. Uh, yeah. RSJ or Steven Anderson? Oh, man. Uh, that's a tricky one, right? We've been talking about those guys all week. Derek said Steven. I said I like, RSJ. I like I'm Anderson. Rolling, I'm rolling my initials. I'm against two out of three here, but I like the website. I like RSJ, baby. All right. Last but not least, this is from Steven. RSJ, Cameron Brait, the Wolf's favorite player, or Greg <laughs> Olson. I was wondering. By how the way, a lot of people, right? a lot of people, uh, I got some texts from from several people uh, telling me how funny that segment was, <laughs> and some of them were guys I didn't even know listened to the podcast. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I I was just so angry. And you know what's crazy is I might even end up recommending Braid out of all three of these options because Detroit's given up the six most points to tight ends. Braid is Winston's boy in the uh, the red zone, so it comes down. To, I'm not playing Olsen. It comes down to RSJ or Braid here. And I think after all the shit I gave him, and you know the fact, if I recommend him, he's going to have one catch for five yards. So fuck it. No, we're going RSJ, baby. (laughs) Nice call. Um, That's going to end up the mailbag, and it's pretty much going to end up the podcast. I do want to say one thing. I literally just saw coming across the ticker that Doug Martin was a full participant in practice uh, Mm -hmm. for Tampa Bay. It does not mean that he's cleared the concussion protocol, but if he hadn't been a full participant then there's no way that you would have seen him out of it so uh he's at least trying to come back so for whatever that's worth 
Uh, take it does that hurt Barber's stock, but I do see like we talk about with with Derek. Why don't they just crack it and let the guy rip that just ripped off 143, the only 100 yard rusher they've had all year? I think they still let Barber rip it up this week. I think it's going to hurt. I think he might end up being their go to guy. I think it's certainly going to hurt his carries if, if, if Martin help. plays. All right, uh, that's going to wrap things up. This has been a great episode. You want to pump your social media real quick, Wolf? Of course I do, because I want more Wolfpack members, baby. Roto Street Wolf at Snapchat and Twitter. Roto ST Journal on Snapchat and Twitter for our main page. And then Roto Street Journal on Facebook and Instagram, especially on Facebook. We have our Sunday show every Sunday. This one's coming live from Fibber McGee's as well. It's going to start a little bit later than usual, probably around noon, because we have to set up and get everything going there. Uh, but noon at Fibber McGee's, if you're a local guy, if you're a Beverly guy supporting the, the show, awesome. Come on down. Down, get the best wings in Beverly. And if not, tune in because it's going to be one of our best shows yet. We're going to be at a packed house and giving them the fantasy advice live. So I can't wait for that event. Tune in on Facebook Live if you're not local, 12 o'clock. The boys will be ready to answer all your questions and break down all these starts, sits, everything for you. All right. My name is Nat the Truth Jones. And I'm the Wolf Fantasy Playoffs. Got to wish you all the best, guys. You're going to take it down. Let's do it. Later, guys. We used to have it all. Now's our curtain call So hold for the applause Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd And take our final bow Oh, it's our time to go But at least we stole the show 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 Second effort, third effort, touchdown! Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks.